Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. All right, welcome to another episode of uh, Judd's Hockey Podcast. Judd, Lindsay, and Declan. Plenty to get to since we last talked about the National Hockey League, Hockey and the Wild. Let's start with this. I believe the night that we, after we did our last uh, podcast that evening in Buffalo, Miko Koivu suffers a torn ACL. Uh, the Wild lost that game to the Sabres yep. uh, in a shootout, which was, <clears throat> we'll get to that. 5-4, they lost 5-4. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that one. Oh, you have uh, thoughts. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they then come back and lose a game at home to the Oilers, in which they look awful, 4-1. to one. Mm-hmm. They go to a bad New Jersey team on Saturday, and not surprisingly win, in typical wild fashion, 4-2. to two. Which you called, by the way. Oh, you knew that. You called you that, You knew by that the way. was coming. And then they lose uh, to the Islanders... On Long Island, or in Brooklyn, I should say, on Sunday, 2-1. to one. All right, so let's start with this. How have your thoughts, if they have, starting with Declan this time, <laughs> how have they changed uh, since Koivu got hurt? So changed as in, as in, do, do I think this team is, like, more Do you, have detriment? your opinions changed? Uh, on the team, no. Uh, uh, changed maybe as in that things are, getting, are going to get even worse, I think. I think they're going to get worse than they were even a week ago before the injury. Uh, I, I think Miko, you, you're, you're going to see how valuable he really is, and I know that's been a a broken record throughout the last week because it's not his offensive production that he does. But that first game without him, I mean, that was that was you abysmal. could tell that it was that bad. was horrible. That was a terrible, terrible performance, and you're going to see that I think a lot more. Uh, so with the way this division is also trending, everyone else but the Wild. I mean, Chicago's hot right now. Colorado's been on the snide. They're, they're the only team that's not playing as good as the Wild. Do you know who else is Minnesota, really good right now? Minnesota is going to be in the basement of this division here very, very soon if they keep up this play, which is going to be great. Well, what do you expect? You, Judd, you it's just went great. through those five games and they won, what, one out of five? And then the other, and then the other yep. one was in a shootout. So if you're going to go every five games, you lose three, you, mm-hmm. you lose another one in a shootout, and then you win one, obviously that's going to bring down your, your ranking just a little bit lower in the standings. And I don't know if you've noticed on the Pacific side as well that teams are starting to heat up, especially my personal favorite, Los Angeles Kings, when they're only <laughs> like three points behind the wild right now. So... I think for me, since uh, we talked last, I feel vindicated. Actually, I don't. Okay. I, I I think maybe my opinion changed for a, about a day, but then somehow ended up right back where it was about a week ago. I think the Mika Koivu injury basically expedites this entire process for this team. I think Paul Fenton and 
the wrestling organization and the fan base, as much as we don't like seeing players injured, I will be the first one to say I'm not happy that Mika Koivu was done for the year. Mm-hmm. But there could not be a better thing to happen to this organization. If somebody had to get hurt and for, for that manner to, for that to happen, it's crappy. It's his career. He could be done. It's very sad. But in the short term, this is the best thing that could have happened to this franchise because you take away a defensive player where he, he doesn't produce a lot. He wins right. faceoffs. But defensively, that's where his game is won, is won and lost. And now you're plugging in other players like Mikhail Granlin into the center position. Yeah. Now you're seeing who you really have and if they can be defensively efficient on their own without that savvy veteran or without those veteran presences that kind of allow the younger guys to kind of take take their chances and stuff. And clearly, it's not going well. <laughs> and, and what you meant, too, is best thing for the organization in the terms of tanking and getting bad to yes. get better again, right? Yes, that's what, yes. you, so that's what I mean. mean in the sense clarify. that it kind of forces yeah. uh, Fenton and Leopold's hand when it comes to the trade deadline this year. Like, if this injury happens a month from now, we're looking at it being like, well, why didn't this happen a month earlier? Right. This would have been this. This Good could point. not happen at a better time if somebody had to get injured. It's a I, I described it a couple of days ago as a blessing in disguise. Yes, because this is going to allow them now, and he, there is no way if Paul Fenton is a smart man, which I'm going to assume he's very he smart. Mm-hmm. Okay, there is no way now that he doesn't bail. Right there, there is no because there is no compelling reason to try and get yourself mucked up in a race in which you might make the playoffs at the risk of keeping players you don't want to keep. You right. clearly don't want to. And it's not about it's, – it's not if you remove the draft pick equation, which I wouldn't personally, but if you did, mm-hmm. it's also about the potential players that you could now get. Right. So sure. this, this to me is the easiest bailout of all time. <laughs> yeah. This is so simple. Because mm-hmm. there's – you know, what's going to happen? Like, God forbid that, that you are dumb enough to make a trade to actually stay in this thing, and then you try and win, what, a round, maybe? Mm. Maybe. Uh, but I wrote it on Friday. To me, this is crystal clear now. Like, this is crystallized. I trade Eric Fair for a low draft pick. Don't care I there. I love him. He can go. I know. He, I know. He, Every, he everybody's uh, everybody's. And I like him. But he, can, but he, he won a cup with Pittsburgh mm-hmm. in 2016. I trade him for a low draft pick. Okay. I trade stall immediately as quick as, as I can, and his his value is going way down, which is unfortunate too because there are players around the league, and I know we discussed Winnipeg as an option last week, but there are players, big time players around the league that are getting injured right now for the next few weeks, like a, like the David Pastranek injury, where Eric Stahl would be a perfect fit for that team in terms of centerman. But his value is dropping, so now we might be able to move him easier. But they might not get nearly as much value. You still take it? Much. I think so. His I th- contract's up. You take yeah. whatever. If, yeah. if they yeah. offer you a bologna sandwich, right? It's just it's crappy. It's it. crappy that two weeks ago oh, that absolutely. this didn't. You know what I mean? Did you guys see? And I don't know if Stahl is hurt or what. Did you guys see the breakout break potential breakaway pass that he got on Sunday in the Islanders game? And he tried to accelerate. Stahl did really to get the pass, and there was nothing there. Oh. Like it, so he it was reaching. Like he didn't have that next gear to really catch up to that pass to that was ahead of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the next gear, and he knew you could see him telling his body what to do mm-hmm. exactly. Like he, he's savvy. He knew exactly what the price of poker was, right? right. And you could see, you could see the mind, the uh, gears churning. Yeah, you know, okay, next step's going to be that breakaway step, and then I get the puck, and he couldn't move. He, so lo- he looked like his right or left skate was in sand. So you're saying that like three second play was basically the epitome of him watching the game pass him by. 
Well, I don't know, but he might be hurt too. But yeah. my, my point is his value is down, yes. but you still trade him. Yes, I agree. NHL Network, did you see what their breakdown Joe was LeBron yesterday? LeBron thinks that they should, he should trade there's, him to there, There's multiple outlets reporting that they could get a first-round pick for Eric Stahl. And I would, that's because they stole it from Lindsay. I would, well, yeah. They, I, didn't, they, I didn't yell at her on the office right. an hour ago either. And Pierre yeah. LeBurn, I know, has little birdies. he got little Jonathan Harrison feeding him information on the side. I know he is. Um, <laughs> But I, well, I, if you could get if if you could get a a lottery pick and then also a low first round pick, so so basically for two stall? first round picks. If you could have two first stall, yeah, yeah, you're not. But the, but you're the not teams that you're, you're not getting. I think you are. You if there it's well, there. But even if you get a first ago, rounder, it's going to be a late round pick because if That's people fine. who are taking on yes, you know, expiring contracts don't have crappy records. I I think uh, Winnipeg, you'd be surprised. A team's going to give up a first-round pick for this guy. I agree, Do but that's not a lottery pick pick. Yes, they, and they trade away. They're, they're on the Chuck Fletcher plan no, no, right he, now. He's saying, he's saying the Wild misses the playoffs, and they oh, get... Oh, you're not and saying got, acquire a lottery pick. Two, you want us to become a lottery no, so pick. So we get, we get the lottery... I'm good. Yeah. I don't know, that you, I don't know with, with how Stahl looks now. I, I don't know that you're still going to get a first-round pick for him, but you have to trade him. And then the third guy I would trade now, and I think he's got value because he can score a goal, and he and if he gets a shot in the butt, he'll be really good for a stretch. Zucker, and then I take Coyle into June or July and trade him. Then and Granlund's my conundrum. Granlund, I Granlund's value right now is shot. Like you'll get nothing for him. I don't him. understand what's wrong. I maybe he's. I, I and now know he's back at center, but he's driving Boudreaux crazy. I mean, Boudreaux came yeah, as he's... close as Boudreaux comes to ripping a player. Yeah, right. And it's so if Bruce is getting to the point where he's lost for words, that's when you know things are really bad, or where he feels like he's he has to hold back with that because he's dealt with teams in the past that have had huge personnel issues with the Ovechkin era from ten years ago when that Anaheim with Getzlaff and like Corey Perry is not a super like I get along with everyone type of dude, and that you see Bruce and you see him on the bench how how he just sees it happening again and again and there's only so many times a coach can say hey we need to stop on pucks hey we need to make sure we're getting good breakouts hey we need to make sure we're talking not getting caught on long shifts there's only so many times you can do that and I know that the players hear it and that they're trying their best to like dig themselves out but on both sides it's just gotten to the point of diminishing returns where they they could honestly probably get more just as much out of each other coaching player relationship wise with Bruce not saying anything at all. Well, but that's the problem is this whole group that goes back to Yo right. and then Tor. I mean, this is at some point in time, this is not a coach problem. No, it's not. Um, but the Grandlin one, I think it was post game in Buffalo, a Finnish reporter asked Bruce, just softballed him. He, yeah. he was clearly just doing a Grandlin profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just softballed up, you know, Grandlin. And Bruce, like, he's. I, th- I think at that time it's like he scored two goals in 37 games. What do you want me to say? Yeah. <laughs> do you think Bru- do you think Bruce is kind of safe now? Do you think he makes it through the year and into next? Because yes. I think right now, he, if anybody's oh, stock sorry. is rising right now, it's yeah. his in the sense because I you think, can't blame him. I think he's safe for this year. I think that he. I think there's a good chance that Fenton after the season is going to want to go with with, uh, his, with his, his guy. guy. Why disrupt the rest of the season? Exactly. This yeah. is not Bruce's fault. Right. Like, I don't think. To be clear. I don't think Bruce deserves to be fired no. at all, either this year or this summer. I think Bruce. I think if Bruce sat down and said, "I'd like to be part of a process that's going to be painful a little bit," I'd say absolutely. I think I like he might him. want to though, because he strikes me as a guy that does really well with younger players, meaning that he's a hard ass when he needs to be. Yes. But when things are going well, he's the first person to give like stick taps or shin taps to the kid who's playing really. I heard well. behind the scenes he said exactly that. He yeah. he said if it's going to be a rebuild. 
I'd like to do it. Yeah, because he's not, and he's also never done that either. That's kind of like un, uncharted territory for him it because is. he's always, and that would do a ton for his legacy as well, yeah. especially since when people just think of Boost Boudreaux, especially when it comes to the playoffs, they're like, can't win a game seven. Right. But if he's part of this whole rebuild and say him and Fenton get on the same page, he, I think that he would be an, actually a great coach for a Yule Erickson Eck, for the Cunnins, for those guys, when they're his focal point, when he's not necessarily worried about, you know, juggling all the, all the drama with older guys. And some of those older guys will be there. But I, I think that he would be great confidence-wise for those young guys. Well, I really do. I'm glad he's in on the rebuild. Because, yeah, I, I don't think, uh, A, let's say you do fire Boudreaux. I don't think you're going to find anyone better. I, I don't know who's out there. That, that And who knows these younger players better, too, because he's been with this organization for what? This is coach. his third year? He's a very listen, good coach. Right. Listen, yo, it was clear to me, got overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I said he should be fired. And I liked Mike personally. Mm-hmm. But he was. It was his first head coaching stint, and he was getting, he was being like overtaken by his players. He was being bullied. He was being bullied. Mm -hmm. He was melting down. He didn't know what to do. It was it was tough love one week, and then the next it was kicking the ass love, and that became crystal clear that that was not going to work. There's nothing about what Bruce is doing that you stop yourself and are like, well, that makes no sense. And and he's been, if anything, he's incredibly calm. Like he yeah. gets mad about things, yeah. But look at how he keeps his. Composed. You can tell he's different from, yeah. like you said, ten years ago. Ten Absolutely. years ago, Bruce Boudreau would have been throwing sticks so on the ice. The answer to your question, from my perspective, is I wouldn't fire him at all. Okay, yeah, no, I, I agree him. with you. I keep him and I let him. I, I let him. Yeah. Almost everybody on the team. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't fire. And then Bruce. if things aren't going well into the rebuild into next year or maybe the year after that, and things aren't going, then you can let him go. And I bet you he'd be like, yeah, we've tried everything, but I think that he'd be a perfect guy for that job. So I get. Uh, um, no, it's occasionally in my stories or tweets about trading players that mm-hmm. are like that want to hang on to a part of the group or a, a few of the guys that got them by the abs uh, yep. four, four years back. Yep. I just don't think it's possible now. And I know that you're, st- I know you're stuck with with Zach and Ryan, right? But I really think when you get to the Zucker Coil, Nino's gone Nino's now. Gone. Granlin, uh, the forwards mm-hmm. in that group. I think I don't think they what work. About- and Grant, and I when Granlin's playing well, I got to tell you, the temptation to keep him is really strong. But that whole group, just to me, to me, it's a cultural thing. Yes, the, the Rask trade on paper is a bad trade. Now I know it got some cap room and stuff, but and I get that. I get Nino's gone to Carolina and six Killing goals in his eight gate. Right. Mm-hmm. It to me, it's he addition wasn't going to do that. Ex- I was just about to you say it's addition by subtraction. Yeah, you and I are on a level right now, Jude. We are in such. But that group, that group yes. is addition by they, – they need to be gone. It yes. doesn't work with them. Absolutely. And and listen, at some point in time, I think when you go, yo, uh, uh, what, Torch, and now Bruce, you got to say it's it can't always be the coach. No. Like this, this group just doesn't work. And they might be great human beings off the ice, I don't know, but as a group, they don't work. I have a question for you because I feel like we kind of – he gets kind of lost in the shovel whenever we talk about that that younger group or just defensemen. What about Brodeen? Because we always talk about Granlin, we always talk about Zucker and Coyle, we talk about Suter, we talk about Sealer. We don't hear a lot about Brody, and, and honestly, that's kind of his entire career in the sense that he's all, he never Quiet really messes up that big, but he doesn't really offer you much on the offensive side either. What do we do with Jonas Brody? I, I've totally been on the record from the, the day one. I would trade him in a heartbeat. and I, I would trade him because I know you can get good value in return for him. Because he's I, a top four. I'm not trading because I don't, cause I'm sick of him or he irritates me like a Zucker or like a Nino or a Coyle does. You can get something back for him. Mm-hmm. And also, I know you want to trade Granlin later. You'd like to trade Granlin, but his, his value is shot right now, which yeah, I'm it just is. I wouldn't give him away yeah. because you'll get nothing for you him. You would not do the same trade for Nina Ryder that you would do for Mikhail Granlin. 
Correct. Correct. And I think McHale has some time here to build up that value. And then I don't really at, care what he does. At draft time, <laughs> at draft time is that that's when you dangle it. And if you have to attach Brodeen, yeah. If you have to attach Brodeen to Granlin to get a top six stud, well, I don't do know it. if you're going to be able to do that. Do that's it. a big. That is a do big it. Trick. I'm all you know for what, it. Though, Dex, do you think you could? You know yes. what, Dex? I'm going to give you, you a could. sticker of possible approval right now. It's it's remained to be seen. But that's actually a decent package it, in terms of like if you're gonna go if you're gonna go big fish hunting, say you're gonna go after you a Panarin. We're not getting our Temi Panarin, but right. just say we wanted to Sick throw the our lines in the water. Sick of the argument. That's the starting point, yeah. and then you throw you have different draft picks, maybe a couple other prospects. But do you think we could that they potentially could package those two and get yes, something done? Yes, absolutely, hundred percent. Okay, but Granlin has to be playing what like they, we, yeah. you can't try this right, right. now. He can't, he, it can't be Brodin is option A and Granlin is option. Like L, he it needs to be Brodine's option A, and then Granlin is performing, but not all the way up. You know what I mean? He needs to get some. And stuff in trades, I, fans fans get really lost in trades across. Especially this happens in baseball a ton, but it it, it can happen in hockey too. You mm-hmm. have to spend to give. If you have a prospect yep. pool and you want to get someone as a rental, or you want to get a big league player, you're gonna have to give up some prospects. That's yep. how this works. You can't fleece a team. Just because you really, really want this player, or you, you did sp- it in your video game and somehow yeah. cheated your way through, you have it. to spend to give, yes. and then give to spend. And so I, I would, if if Granlin can really turn it on, and what, and what I mean by turn it on is just flip and put the puck in the net because the guy has apples. He's going to get 50, 60 assists this year. He sometimes all, he, he's always on the score sheet. He just isn't scoring goals right. like he was at the beginning of the year, which everyone thought he turned a corner. And clearly, he's regressed back to Granlin. That's not his game, though. But it's like a Doogie if Hamilton. He can, if he can show that he can score the puck over these last 25 games, and then you go to the draft time and you put Brodeen mm. and Granlin together for, I don't know, I'm going to throw the out Granlin, it, The Granlin thing, though, is different because <laughs> it's, you know, he, he's got his staunch defenders. And because when he's playing well, he's fantastic. But when your coach comes out, and gets a softball question and basically rips you. Yeah, has to has to hold himself back from completely that, destroying you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That te- that tells you that if teams watch him right now and, and you're considering a trade for him, you're going to offer almost nothing. Like you're going to try and and lowball Fenton as much as possible. Like what Boudreaux did to Granland is super telling. So for all of those people on on Twitter, some of whom know a lot know a lot about the sport, for the coach to come out and say, "Have you seen what he?" Have you looked planned. at his stat line lately? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. really, really telling because that takes away all of the ammo that the defenders have. Mm-hmm. Like now you're done mm-hmm. because your coach is not going to, especially this guy, is not going to do that unless you're really horse bleed. Now that I think about it, you can't make that trade for a rental player because that's too much for, for the sure. pot. So this is something, let's say, well, let's just hash this out. A Brodian and like a Granlin type. But let's say this is a draft type trade. That's what I'm saying. This is this a draft is a, day. So then like you nothing, get, nothing this team should do is about rentals. Right. right. So let's so say it's a June draft. Right. So you could you could honestly, you could switch out Charlie Coyle with Mikael Granlin. But let's just yeah. say we have two big time players, two big time minute guys, because I just, three of them, that's just nuts. Too much. That's That's Shirelli type deals that could either you look like a genius or an idiot. Most of the time you look like an idiot. So in the summer, you're leading up to the draft, and then you have that. So you say, hold on to Granlin and Charlie anyways, right? That's what, that's what yes, you're playing. I would, I would trade Zucker right now Through because, the summer. because of the scoring mm-hmm. potential that he could give a contender. Right, because this is where I think we they, they, them laying in the weeds, especially with the trade deadline, what's going to come out. Is Matt Duchesne getting traded? Is Panarin, is Panarin getting traded, or is he already going to be signed? Are those players that are under contract for more than just this so, year So you're saying by going? Feb 25th? No, like I'm, saying, the, I'm saying I'm saying that big deal that Declan put out there. I think you wait, but if one if a, a really big trade comes through and it's just they just want Brody in and say they say Brody will give him a 
future first, like two years from now, maybe like a prospect. I have a hard time saying no to that. But exactly. if, it, if there's nothing else, if it's kind of like where it's a deal, it's not anything that's going to really make any noise, yep. doesn't have a ton of potential attached to it, or if it's shredding just um, money off of the off of the cap, I'm not really interested. But if it's a legitimate deal where it's a first round draft pick, or maybe it's someone who's younger has who ha- who's under contract for at least this year and next, then maybe yes, I look into it. But otherwise, I don't move him. My take on Brodeen was initially I thought. He was going to be an all star and a complete star. Me too. Everyone, and I thought he was going to be fantastic. And he's not I bad. Thought, I thought he was going to be the best National Hockey League defenseman <laughs> this state has seen, North Stars or Wild. That has not been the case. He's not been bad. He does a lot of things well. So I do think if you shopped him, he's a poor man's Nicky Lindstrom. He would get you. Oh, yes. He would get you. Like, I, I am very certain that I can describe. Um, Nino and Charlie and Zucker and Granlund as un- underachievers, inconsistent. Right, and that's why we, we forget about including Brodine all the time and, because he's not—he doesn't play like that. Right, but people are like, "Well, he doesn't do more," and right. because he's not a sexy player, but that doesn't make him a bad player. Right. So, well, to both your points, he is definitely a guy that if you took him to market would get you something in return. I guess I just go back to the question of do you want to dump him because that's a position that's hard to find guys at. And right. I guess if and the return's the, good enough, then yes, because he's still got he's still got quite a bit of career left. Right. And the other issue is is that there's a premium on offensively-minded defensemen right now. So that's where you, you could almost – you could use that to the advantage and the detriment saying like, oh, hey, Nashville, you already have peak – I mean, Nashville's a bad example, but like a uh, team with a really flashy defenseman. Do you need somebody to kind of like, I don't know, stabilize. just m- stabilize and make sure we don't that things yeah. don't happen? But then again, it's harder to sell because he doesn't score a lot of goals and maybe a team that is looking for a defenseman that can score a lot of goals. The it's thing with Granlin too is he's on – next year is his last year of his deal. And even if he's playing poorly, look, he's a – He's a hockey player, and he's selfish. He's going to want more money. Whether whether he's uh, worth he's, that more he's money. He's costing himself a lot right now. He Greenland? is. Oh, but God. the point is, he's going to want more money, whether yeah. he's worth it or not. Sure. And the Wild don't have any – or should not be in any position to give him more money. And Brodeen, who's under contract for two more years after this season. So if you make that trade – you're giving them. You're giving a good defenseman for two years. You're taking your chance what, on Grand that he that he rebounds, and then the Wild are also getting back some stud that you might have to roll the dice that he might be on a contract year or or he's been struggling or has a, a bad persona about it. But I would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, he's like what 24 and has like six years of NHL experience, tenth overall pick. Okay, would you trade 25. Brodeen and Grandland for Ryan Nugent Hopkins on draft day? Oh goodness. Or right now? Oh my Doesn't goodness. Matter. No. Bro, wait, Brodine and Granlund. Brodine and Granlund, because Granlund, I no, I would for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Lindsay just says no, no. Judd's it's not, it's not equal value for me on their That's end. They need, I need more from the. I need like a first rounder from I the Oilers. Say, I need a draft. little bit more. I need a little bit more. A little bit more. I need a little bit more. But but the idea, I won't dismiss the idea because I like that Nugent opening Hopkins offer. Is a nice player. I like that yeah. opening offer. And they need and they need that type of mm-hmm. player. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who's who's another player that's kind of like an RNH who had a ton of uh potential and a, a lot a lot riding on him coming to the league that's kind of underperformed. Who has that offensive capability? Who else can we think of that off? Let's think. Mm, Ryan O'Reilly. I love R. I love I love R. dude. He's doing he's fantastic the best. right now. He's and the Blues awesome. and Blackhawks are playing great. Yeah, wh- how weird is that? That a month ago, like, just think of how how 
of the Blackhawks season when they when they fired when they fired um God, Quenville. I, yeah Quenville just like what is that three months ago now and this kid's they were, done a great job right and they were like but, but we're, you know we're tanking but we're you know going what? I hate this why if I'm a Blackhawks fan I oh hate that's this. what I'm saying they were tanking want, they fire the coach and now they're almost into another your, playoff spot pick your oh, yeah pick your course because they're mm-hmm. not a playoff team no they're not and so this is this feel good bounce back this is mm-hmm. the type of thing that when you're a kid you think it's awesome oh my team's doing well now but. As you become a grizzled, more right. uh, more cynical sports fan, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, no, this is not what I want. You are going to tank. You are going to be a lottery. To get the lot- right. Go get the lottery. But that's why I think what the Rangers did, as weird as it seemed last year last when they year, sent out the letter, I think the Rangers letter, if I'm Paul Fenton, I go to Leopold today and I say, a good plan. we're sending out a letter. We're bailing on, on this thing with a specific reason to do it. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is, if I'm Fenton, I have crystallized now a two-year plan. I bail right now. <laughs> I'm going to be bad next year. Yep. And then and then when Kaprasov is eligible to come here. I still don't think he's coming here. I, but, but at least I've got a plan. Yes. And I'm you going, have something to sell and him. I'm going to visit him this summer and say, the team that you're going to see in the standings next year is going to be pretty horse bleep. Don't worry about Help. it because you're part of the turnaround. And I'm not saying that that he arrives and they're a Stanley Cup contender. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying is, think about it. Bail this year. Get the lottery pick. Start to get more draft picks and prospects. Next year, same thing. You're bad again. And the the most difficult thing, and I don't care here, is you got to sit down with Zach and Ryan and say, you're in for a season of hurt and there's nothing I can do. Sorry, you're stuck with me. I'm stuck with you. If I'm the wild, I send over a scout that lives and says, hey, you're going to live in Russia for a year and a half. Sorry, not sorry. And you you have him at every single one of that, of Kaprizov's games. That's not a bad and idea. you talk to him after every single game. It doesn't even have to be chill. It doesn't have to be this whole thing. It just be like, good game. Just Here's so you show that you care. Actually, that's how bad you want to. But the, Hire his buddy yeah. and but the, make him that. But guy. the problem is, is the KHL forbids that type of communication. That's the issue. That's fine. Sit that's in the stands. The get front row season Boot ticket seats Boot right next best. to the bench. Right next to the bench, be you will, get season be tickets. To put Soviet your life Russia. Be exactly. Willing. This it's isn't not, Soviet Russia. Not, they don't. They don't allow that kind of conversation oh, to happen. Even it's you. Not, okay. It's not the Cold War. They're not going to have somebody take a hit out on. Guys, replace him with another guy. All right. Let's not. What does it say that Chuck Fletcher never even got a face-to-face with him for two years? Yeah, never got a face-to-face with him for two years because the league didn't allow him to see him. Did Fenton go to see him or did he ask? Fenton did. It took two whole years to make that happen. Did he ask or did he go? Did he have to ask? Probably both. Exactly. So go. Force their hand. You say, I'm going to get season tickets for my scout and have him sit right next to the bench. Stop stop for a second. You could still, though, gear this around to when he's eligible to come here to having a plan for that. Yes. And he's going to be, if you get him, a difference maker. That you can plug in. My point is next year should spent being bad. Next yes. year, don't worry about next year. Because two years from now, the goaltender from who's playing well for in Des Moines now, Iowa Wild, will come up. And he could be pretty good. So you can replace Dubnik. The pieces fall into place to at least have your have a plan. That's all I'm talking about. That's it. That's my incentive to even so send to, to send a scout over there. Now. Even well, I'm fine with that. Right. But send. But that's what I'm saying is send. So for all of these state of hockey yahoos who bought their jerseys, <laughs> bring send their them, bring their water for the ice to put yeah, it on the pond. Send them a letter saying mm-hmm. we're about to experience some short term hurt because the plan didn't work. Because because I'll go back to what I've been saying all year. Why else did you fire Fletcher and hire Fenton? I agree. Right? They need they much like the Black Blackhawks. They need to decide on their path. And if the Russian kid doesn't come here, that's a big big blow but if it's not the Sonoma end of the world Buxton don't develop it's a big blow right. for the twins but, i mean 
everything has to be predicated on a plan that could come off the hook. You don't right. know for sure. This but is at a, least it's a plan. This is the draft where if you trade one of those names away, where you could draft the next Kirill Kaprizov instead of ha- and not have to be reliant exactly. on him. And that's the thing. But this doesn't work as it's being done. No, so find a bad. plan that, uh, that works, and that's why you hired Paul Fett. No, I, I 100% agree with you. A player like Ryan Nugent Hopkins and a, a team that did this, which which I think is kind oh, of I similar. An example too. John, so when Tampa traded Jonathan Drouin to Montreal, Drouin, who was a little bit of an issue, he wanted he wanted to play right away and play in a top six role. And, and Eisman said, "Hey, hold on, there, young buck." Well, Fletcher wanted him too, and Fletcher wanted him, and I we didn't Drew. get him. And no. he goes to Montreal, and he's a now he's turning into a stud. He's been great for them. That's the same kind of situation where I would I would trade Granlin and Brodeen for a situation like that for- to get a young twenty three year old kid. Who's scoring goals? Who I thought, who I just thought, who was actually just traded this past weekend, but it wouldn't be that deal. It was Bukestead. It would be my. It, it would be a much different trade than what he was actually traded for in Pittsburgh. He's now he scored last night uh, for his first goal for the Penguins last night. But he's one of those young guys who had a lot of has a lot of promise, but just hasn't worked out quite yet. Um, Druin, I would not necessarily roll the dice with him. I want somebody who has a, kind of a team first mentality, almost to a detriment of his scoring ability. I want somebody who's a culture guy first before scoring. That's what I think what this team needs is stabilization in their identity. They need to find like a scrapper who, who has some talent, but isn't, you know, the, isn't going to be your game-winning goal guy every night. But right. I say we stay away from big-time personalities, at least ones that like Drew in, because part of the reason why he got traded up to Montreal as well was the contract thing, but also was because he basically gave middle fingers oh, to Iserman yeah. and yeah. just yeah. decided not to show up because he was like, I need to be up in the show and I'm not right. going to be playing in the AHL. One, one more possibility, and I, I don't know if they trade him because they're, they're, playing, they're, they're playing really good hockey right now. Elias Lindholm. Who does he play for again? Calgary. Oh, they're not gonna. You, you can't. They wouldn't. Tra- they wouldn't trade him now. He's having a career that's year. The type of trade. But that's the type oh, of yeah, trade no, yeah, you totally, would make. I'm totally with both of you guys. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I mean you've got to do something here to change things. Yes, change it up. Yes, Cal- Calgary went and made the exact type of trade where I'm sure when they they made that trade, people were like, "Oh, Hamilton's a really good player. Mm-hmm. You're giving up a lot." Yeah, and I'm not. I am in no way saying that I wouldn't trade Brodeen. Mm-hmm. I would. Right. I would just to your point. Declan, I would like a little bit more back. Yeah. But that is the exact type of draft type draft time trade mm-hmm. that I would make. Yes. Absolutely. And I will say this. There is good news here. Jordan Greenway is a hell of a player. I huge fan of his. Cunning, huge I, fan of his. Cunning, he needs some time. Cunning needs some time, but I like him. He needs some, good he needs some next, fermenting. But mm-hmm. that that next group that's coming up now, slowly mm-hmm. but surely, has some real components to it. Has some talent and and some size. That's the good news. Oh, and by the way, and I don't know because he disappointed me really consistently a year ago, but the, the other guy who now is playing, who I really like because he, he's applied himself consistently, mm-hmm. Felino. Yes, he's not the most talented player, but he's a hard. That goal worker. the other night, but he had a, a year ago. I went to a game against the Jets. I swear to God, he had seven shots <laughs> on goal in the first period against the Jets. I and I'm like, where? Him. Where is this? And then he disappeared again. This year, I really feel like he's consistently applied himself. Mm-hmm. And if he does, he's a third line type of guy. But mm-hmm. he's going to be a. He's, he's a your nice culture player. guy. He's yes. your, and that's and that's when when I was kind of on his wagon early on in the season when he he and Fair and all them were producing for the most part. Yeah. That they have kind of gone away from the spotlight. A because they haven't been scoring, but B because there's been a lot of other drama on the team. He's a guy where I'm like, we keep this dude. We uh-huh. ke- he he's 
Here's another one. Here, he's a poor man, Zach Parisi, without the skill and everything else. Because right, he's, he's and a- he'll go out and fight. He'll go out and throw out his weight, throw out his weight around. He's not one that complains. At least not that I've heard that if he gets moved around in lines. And he's a guy where there are some. There have been quite a few nights as of lately where the first and second line of the Wild have been basically non-existent, and that's been the best line. And a lot of it is because of him and the energy that he brings to each shift. Absolutely. And so he's a guy where I'm like. Let's get this guy a letter. Doesn't have to be the C, right. but let's get him a letter and you know, because I, I think he he's worth br- worth promoting in that organization. If there is a most improved player from last mm-hmm. year, he's probably the mm-hmm. leading candidate, and he is someone too that was a one of those Chuck Fletcher head scratching. Why are we signing a multi year contract yep. to mm-hmm. a bottom six guy kind of role? Yep. And I think that was a fair assessment to have. And now it's okay if 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 that if this player plays at this level for that cost. I'm all for he's, it. He's a late bloomer. I wouldn't culture re- is the right word, yes, though. Yes, culture. He, he's mm-hmm. a culture guy who you can – he's not going to be a star, but he is the exact type of player that this team lacks across the board yeah, far too much. Yeah, there is no BS with him. There's yeah. like, if you, touch my, if you touch my star player, I'm going to literally beat your face And he head. can dig a puck out, mm-hmm. and he can carry the puck. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not saying he's perfect. He's not great. No, he's not. But he's the type of guy that you say, oh, okay, on a team that's going to make a deep playoff run, he can be important. Yeah. He's not going to be a star, but he's, he's going to be your third line guy. He's a fourth rounder player. who's had a chip on his shoulder his entire career, and he's finally starting to figure it out at age 27. And I, I legit think that 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 was one of the best silent signings that the that the Wild have made in the recent years because if they let him he could be a huge huge part of figuring wh- figuring out what it takes for this organization organization to succeed in the next 5 years or so cuz it would be really really crappy although it's a it's a pretty high likelihood at this point if they went the entire duration of the Suter Parisi contracts without getting past the second round yeah, and that's, and a that's as a fan, that's what everybody's staring in the face right now. But there is time if you if you make the right moves, and there is plenty of options to to derail it to to have that poor faith yep. faith that we that is very likely to happen. But there is a chance if they do the right things that they can actually get this thing at the tail end of their contracts, the tail end of their do you guys think, production years. I think Suter comes back in the next couple of years to a, a lot stronger. He can't pivot right now. Next year, like, I think he's, he's a lot better. I, mm-hmm. And Parisi, Parisi's played really well. Like as I long as he doesn't get hit. Credit, well, but he's gotten hit a lot. He is getting, he's, he's getting whacked. Really well, but. There were a couple of years there where I thought he's done. And, and then oh, yeah. He, he had the back yeah. surgery, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, he's really done now. He's done and for He's it, come yeah. back from that and, and been great. Suter's getting points, and he's playing too much still. But he's getting points in a way that he usually doesn't. Yeah, and he's mm-hmm. and he can't pivot. Like, he can't. Mm-hmm. Teams are dumping the puck in on, on him to to force mm-hmm. him to turn. His and breakouts chase. are terrible, and that was his bread and butter back in the exactly. day, last year. Yeah. So, and but I don't, but I don't think he's done. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to bounce back some. So I do think that the. This year's extraordinarily poor and compartmentalized re- on top of everything and else. Retrospe- he looks even worse. And in retrospect, mm-hmm. he shouldn't play, he should they should have cut his time down and they probably yeah. shouldn't have brought him back on opening night. No. They probably should should have given they better, him a They should have brought him back like right now, like sure. after the all star break. But I do think that there's going to be a bit of comeback from mm-hmm. him as well. I agree. So, I think he's just trying to figure out I think he's not fully healed. And he's trying to basically play with seventy percent of his skills. And he's got so much pride. Yeah, not mm-hmm. an easy, somebody needs to pull it back. Yeah, yes, I would say that it's not an easy conversation, but I would even recommend shutting him down. I wouldn't. It wouldn't. Maybe him. maybe yeah. after the trade deadline, if things start to get really bad, and you just say, "Hey," or by March, yeah, but by like, like it's a noticeable no, right. And you can drop. see you. And I was before we started recording today. I was cutting up some some uh, footage for gifts of the New Jersey game the other night because I noticed some extreme defensive breakdowns where you have he's been the guy where. 
if three of the if three out of the four people in the PK go into the corner, he knows and has a wherewithal to be like, I need to stay in front of the net. But sure. he's he can't operate like that because he doesn't have his full spectrum of skills at his disposal. So he's like, Absolutely. okay, I can't just sit and wait because I have to keep my feet moving because if I don't, I'm not going to be able to catch anyone. So he's starting to move out of that normal area in front of the net that he does dominate so well. And that's where you're finding all these five people down low into the corner and then they do a cross ice pass and somebody's wide open. Like that stuff, it can't happen. But yeah. his mentality too is a lot different this year because he had to change it because he doesn't have his game. And he's still trying to do yes. things he previously did, yes. I'm sure, that, yep. that he can't do. Yep. Uh, what did you guys make of the fact? Because I did see this as a potential Boudreaux Fenton issue. Um, the, uh, when Rask was the first shootout <laughs> guy in Buffalo, to me that was uh, you traded for him. I'll <laughs> show you. And now Rask has been demoted to the fourth line. And Ra- listen, I get it; he's not that good. Right. But um, I thought to, to myself when when Rask took the shootout first in Buffalo, oh my God, there must be some statistic I don't know about here. Come to find out he hadn't taken one in like four years, yeah. and he was like one for seven in, yeah. in his career. To me, that was a definite head coach telling the GM, Nino's doing great. Not- you traded for this because I, I don't know. And that was before he took the shot, and then he went and took and but he, he didn't even take it. the shot because he didn't get a shot off. No, but I mean, he <laughs> the first guy. Like, there was no other way, in my opinion, to see that than a definite, here you go. Look at here. Right? Look at here. Like, yeah. I, do I, don't, I don't know. I don't think it was malicious, though, because I feel like a lot of people uh, read into that being like, look what you did, Fenton. My name's yeah. Bruce. I'm going to put him out there. F you to your trade. This is dumb. Yeah. I, I don't think it's as malicious as being like, hey, I'm going to put this guy's like, the leadoff guy to show you how bad of a trade that was. But I also think that it wasn't done just willy-nilly. I also think it's like a little bit of a sign to the fans being like, this is what we're going to be. These are going to be the types of players <laughs> we're going to have now. As the sign being to Fenton, right? Well, there's like, a difference between just, being uh, like, there's a difference between setting up middle fingers and just. Uh, and well, I, I thought it was very much somebody telling somebody else. All right. You want it? You want to see you it? Go. I'll show it to I you. I wanted why? to see it, to be honest. Why else would you have a guy, if he hadn't taken uh, a penalty shot in like four years, mm. a shootout shot? that makes. I me- suppose. And then the, the fact that he's lead off, too. And then he loses the puck, which is just uh, probably a self-fulfilling prophecy oh of what was God. going to happen. It was ugly. It was it was ugly. I don't know if it's as much as uh, much of that Bruce is pissed about it, because I think Bruce would be the first person to tell you, too, that they need some new blood in that locker room. So I, whether he thinks the Nino trade was a complete fleece job or not, we don't know. And he, he's not going to tell us. And whether or not he th- he's that petty to be like, I'm going to put the new guy out front. It was definitely a front. message there, though. I think it was a message. I just don't think it's as, as severe and as uh, confrontational of a message as a lot of people are making it out to be. But it could be. We could ask him tonight at the post game. We're like, yeah. well, did you, you know, like game four yeah, games sure ago, let's bring well. it back. Not that there's anything. He'll else send him happening. back out there for a shootout. Is what he'll do, and then you'll ask I kind of want to see. It. I want to see, but I don't mind seeing guys that we haven't seen in a shootout because if you just always pick the same dudes, how do you? You never know if there's a hidden gem in your lineup that maybe he did take only took five shootout opportunities. Here's my the- question with his shiftiness: Why not Spurgeon? Yeah, I, I'm all for trying. I'm for Spurgeon. Like, Spurgeon is makes yes. my hands team, honestly. He, he's and yeah, he, is all get he out. Can, I would just have him flip the puck up up the air and just have him t- bat it out of the air and see how many times he's he can do it. He's completely comfortable going on, yeah. on the Shifty. offensive. Like he would not, it would not Slippery. be Slippery. Yes. Yeah. He wouldn't I would freak try out. I would, I would too. He's got hands. Different time, different era. But, I mean, for God's sakes, Brian Rawlson used to clap oh it God. at clap it from the That was the, the best ever, and I circles. hated it oh, every time. Shot? Yeah. Does anybody have that a clap? Was, that was a shootout. That's what, that's what Sealer should do. It was just no a shot. Dumb, you, can't, could. you couldn't do it anymore. I don't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work anymore. 
Dumba might well, Dumba might work. be able to do it. I don't think it would be able to work anymore. I think I think it would catch guys by surprise still. Maybe okay. maybe I can tell you it would work on the goalie that's usually in the crease for the Minnesota Wild. Maybe. I don't know if I don't I don't know if I think the shootouts are still on uh, everything's about your wrists and your but hands. But shootouts they only have I feel like they don't allow once it started they kind of had everybody try it out and then they figured out who was really like TJ Oshie was was on, included on the Olympic roster in 2014 because he was a shootout specialist. Like and legitimate thing. But now that was the rule where you could just keep doing the, uh, right, but, right, where you could, you could, right, but now yeah. that we're how many years into this, um, you yeah. you have your ten guys per team that they always go to, but like some of these younger guys, maybe not, maybe didn't get a chance That's initially. Yeah. So why not have him go out and try? Have everybody try. I don't care. Send out Felino. Send out oh, Sealer. Send Felino out all of them. Stone. Just do it. Just see it. Just Koivu see it. had the, had the move until everybody and their brother figured out his move, mm-hmm. and so he went from being, like, great in the shootout to yeah, Where's Kiermark Bouchard when you need him? Where's he? Yeah, I would try, I'm telling you, I would try Spurgeon. I think Spurgeon's I ability and his, and I'm sure Suits would get very upset, but I don't care. But but there's also a, like, <laughs> there's also a t- strategic advantage of putting guys out there that have never gone before because nobody has tape on them. But, Absolutely, because. Yes. There's not a huge breakdown before Koivu before is, shootouts being like is the opposite. this is what they're gonna this is what Koivu's Koivu gonna do. was but the opposite. Like, yeah. They all got tape on, on him right. and they all so, said he's gonna try that move and then sure enough. Just have goes. Spurgeon go down there and shoot a wrister and not do any moves. Just go down there and be like, Dink, I bet you he scores because all the goals like, oh he's gonna okay. go to the left and stuff. It's so, sick. So last thing for me, as I love Bruce, but Bruce the only area about Bruce that drives me crazy is goaltending. So <laughs> Bruce has now come out again and said, I'm gonna we're gonna ride Devin. Dubnik's going to play. He's going to play. He's going to play. And he played back-to-back. He played in Jersey on Saturday, and then, of course, he came back and played, and played well against the Islanders on Sunday. I actually don't disagree with that decision to start him against the Islanders. Um, I don't either, but the thing with riding Mm -hmm. Dubnik is this. It's a vicious cycle, right? He's going to ride Dubnik, and what gets Dubnik to struggle? He just wears down. Yeah. So we're going to get – and at this point in time, I don't care that much. But it is this weird thing where they're like, okay, we got to play Devin, we got to play Devin, and Devin wants to play, and so he plays and he plays and he plays, and he puts together some really good games, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's played every game for like the last 12, <laughs> and he lets mm-hmm. in three terrible goals, and they're like, what happened to Dubnik? I'll tell you what happened to Dubnik. And this goes back to why I said I never wanted to bench him because I don't like him. I wanted to bench him because it's not realistic to play him all the time. 73 and games. And by the way, this end of the season schedule is ridiculous. Yeah. It's a lot it of games. Is. So, so what? It's the only thing about Bruce that I, I wish to God, like a Bob Mason or somebody, could get to him. And be like, Bruce, you can't just play him every game. He wears down, and then you got to not. And his play isn't him. physical wear down. His is just straight up mental. Wear yes, down. absolutely. And you can see it. And as much as I don't disagree with Bruce's um, and the back decision, to back, yeah, and I'm fine with that. For that, you one. could tell that he was mentally fatigued by based on you could listen if you listen to the game broadcast that people were saying that he was making a lot of really good saves. 75% of those saves were self-inflicted because he could not get his hands off of the damn ice. And he was putting out rebounds like crazy. That mm. small little things like that are what you can tell when a goalie is it's mentally not just not, <laughs> not there. Why are you going against what Fox Sports I'm North not going telling? against Fox Sports. I did not Why? mention Fox Sports uh, North. I'm just saying Fox that Sports just Net? because a goalie is making a lot of saves sure. does not mean that he's playing well. And that was a, di- that was a, a direct example of him Apparently playing well when actually he was playing really poorly, and he just Wait, it just really happened. He was because he, no le- legit though. Okay, because hockey is it's I'm, it's I'm a asking. it's a game of just like did he hit it, it hit it at this split second or it, it, did he not? He was at the beneficial end of a lot of 
flurry saves in which he's massive. He's a massive goalie. But if you look at that first goal that was scored on him against the Islanders, where was he when the shot went off? His butt was in the net. If you're big, I don't care how big you are, you cannot be that deep on a shot. But that's when you know he's not firing, when he's putting rebounds out that his hand, he's basically knuckle-dragging through the entire first period, yeah. and then he lets in a goal like that, you're like, yeah, he's playing well. He's not playing, he's not, he's not firing all cylinders. He's just getting lucky that not all of the pucks are going by him at this current point. That's literally what it is. But he my, drives me nuts. My closing message is more West Walls. If we're on Fox lo- Sports I, North, West, West Walls. I love West Walls. I love West Walls. West Walls should just great, my first favorite. Sunday. Yeah, my first favorite wild player in general. And then on, in the broadcast booth, I think he's great. He's growing a lot. You mm-hmm. can tell he hasn't been. He wasn't a natural broadcaster. He's had some yeah. growing pains, kind of like Roy Smalley. And now you hear it, and you're like, oh, this guy gets it. He really, he really is no. a great mind. Yes, yes. And he's Same a, way. He's not exciting, but he tell, but you learn. Yes. And he's he's a good guy to have too because he's not. He doesn't know. He's not like a Ryan Carter where he's still kind of in that locker room. But it's not. It hasn't been so long that he hasn't been part of the league and part of that team that he's completely clueless of what's going on, at least culturally. Absolutely. And so he's kind of like in that sweet spot. So if he can take advantage, and if whatever network is covering whoever, if people are smart and put and and put give him opportunities to 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 do well, he's going to do well. And I th- and what he said after the game, Declan. I don't know if you want to go into it deeper. Now we're kind of close to wrapping things up. But well, we're, why, why were you such a fan of West Walls? I just, I, I just thought he had great insight, and he, especially when he ripped him at the end. Yes, that, yes, that's what. Yes, that's that's also great. He, he he's not afraid to rip too somebody. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up his direction. Too many passengers. He is awesome. I, yeah, th- there was a little that was a little goofy system too. I didn't understand why there was like three analysts too in the booth, uh, a couple too many cooks in the kitchen. But mm. oh, that, uh, that that was the. Oilers game yeah. when Greenlay was between the benches and Walls was upstairs. And Gorg was, like, chiming in, too. But in the game. Islanders game on Sunday was Wes in studio with Adra, and that's the one oh. where after the game he said too many passengers. And he's exactly right. And you know what What I, I love about Wes? He's right. He worked his ass off to be good. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so he knows what it takes to be good, and he knows – People who settle when he sees them. Oh yeah, and he can't put up with because it, he was the guy. Those are the guys he would beat out during the course yes. of his career, or guy beat up. But, but that's what I mean. But that's how, he <laughs> saw guys. players like the that the Minnesota Wild have, and he and I bet you in his stomach he knows in his in his heart be like, I would love to be on this roster right yes. now because I would work my way up. But you so know how quickly. hard that 2003 team worked. I know, but that's the thing because you're you had right. a bunch of you had a bunch of expansion players before it was before, and that wasn't like expansion players that Vegas got. It was like a bunch of guys who literally nobody knew who they were. Yes, and you could just tell that Walls he's probably went to Europe. just yeah. I know, mm-hmm. yeah. but he this this team would be a You're West right. Walls dream because it's a bunch of weak minded <laughs> individuals who have skill but have severe confidence issues. I think we found, and that he would just work his butt off. I will say this in their out. defense: I think it's fewer weak minded than it used to be, yes. and that's why I, if you make the right moves here, and th- this is where it's it's valuable that Fenton could sort of sit back and observe now, and with Koivu and Dumba out, there's no no. Reason is the deadline approach no now not to make blanket. trades. Yeah. Right. So there's no like you can go to Craig and say we're Craig we're, we're toast. So but I think you know when you look at Greenway, when you look at Cunning, mm-hmm. Dumba, when you look at that group coming up, that that could be a really nice real skill. nice core. And I think Greenway mm-hmm. will. I think Greenway is about a year away from from calling BS on players mm-hmm. and starting fights in practice. I mean. Cunning too. That, oh, Cunning will kill them. Oh, he. Yeah. And that's the captain. thing. You yes. you have to get these toxic these toxic personalities out of the locker room because the more the longer you have them there, the longer they have but, to kind of uh, mess up the development of those younger players. Are as they? Well. Are they? Question for you. Are they toxic or just people who settle? 
Like, isn't that isn't that what toxicity is? People who settle. I thought, to- but I mean, I think what, what kind I think of to- are they in? I think of toxic as being like me first. Jimmy and- Butler. Yes, Jimmy Butler. Butler. Yes, Druin. But but is that Druin turned okay, toxic? Druin, Druin, like Druin, I don't see it- this group. I Charlie Coyle to me is not toxic. He's just sort of a settler. Yeah, and and he is Zucker. Too. And but I mean I looked at Coil I looked at Coil three years ago and said the same <laughs> things that I'm saying about Greenway right now mm-hmm. and I was just wrong mm-hmm. and I I look at Greenway now and say those same things because I think I'm right on Greenway like I don't see him I don't see him having to go back to center and then going back to the wing and then questioning his abilities and then you're just like what are you doing There's toxic and then there's hockey toxic okay. Druin is an out- outstanding circumstance because when was the last time we heard about anybody saying that to a GM let alone Steve Eiserman so like back- basketball toxic like the Yes other- but that okay. happens more often in NBA and NFL just I don't know why but that's the hockey culture the it doesn't it, all of the most of the crap stays in the locker room so okay. we don't really know what who's toxic or who's not but they're not winning there's guys that aren't playing for each other. And last time I checked, the Wilder are in the business of winning Stanley Cups. So anything but behavior that's conducive to winning Stanley Cups, to me, is toxic. Okay, that's so fair. That's how I define it. Is he, are they going to like ruin everything? No, probably not. But is there a potential? Yes. Very, very happy and satisfied to have jobs. And but yes, yeah, that's, I don't if, want if that's to have toxic, that, then that's fine. I don't want that. No, satisfaction. I, no, I, I want them to have the edge. That's what I want. I don't want them to feel comfortable. And, and ultimately, I think I think for, for this team to be as successful as possible, that group that we're talking about, the next group has to come up and Parisi and Suter have to be. Oh, how can I put Gardeners. this in, in the best? Yeah. Passengers in the good sense. Like part of the team, but you don't need to look at Driver's them. Driver's ed teacher. Yes, best supporting well, actor. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm, I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to say that they are going to be toxic themselves. No. But they're the type of guys where where your captain has to be. Let's say it's Conan, and your and an A is on Greenway's jersey. And you have to list. You have to understand where and you are in the pecking order. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, I love and it. And now Z- and now Zach and Ryan mm-hmm. are contributors to that. Mm-hmm. But they're no longer have them, keep, have them keep the A's for all I care. They can both keep the A's. Just I get would a new take seat. them away. I Me would. Too. I would take, take them away, away just to make it very Pull clear. Sharks. Just to make it very clear. But but I I mm. I think we're all on the exact same page. Right? Yes. To get this team as successful as possible, okay. burn it to the ground and let's rebuild it from scratch. Can't wait to talk next week when the Wild are in the last place in this division. This is gonna be fun. And then the Kings are in first. Watch. Yes. They'll be in third place. Be, yeah. In the second oh, division. Oh, God. And, then, if, and then, obviously, if you guys, if for all of the people that have been tweeting at us or, or mentioning us on any of the social media platforms, we appreciate any and all suggestions that you have, especially Declan's brother. Yep. Um, but if you guys think that there's a trade that we haven't mentioned or some idea that we haven't thought of, just don't feel free to send it along or call us on our BS and our bad takes and whatever else. But thanks for listening. Thank you. Subscribe on iTunes. Bye. Bye. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty Points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty Points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. College duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.